1: Welcome to Transforming Trauma, a space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support and resources and share their stories. Transforming Trauma is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. And most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm your host, Eve, and I'm very excited to have you here with me and my guest, Angela, who will be sharing with us about holistic therapies that have been helpful in her recovery. And I just wanted to say that I discovered Angela and her work. She's on our team of incredible volunteers who share their hearts and passion with an online community of 5,000-plus survivors all looking for connection and resources, and Angela has been speaking out and writing, publishing, coaching, and it's hard to know where to begin. So let me tell you a little bit about her background before she takes it away. Angela is a survivor leader, speaker, and teacher of mindfulness tools for interrupting patterns of trauma, vicarious trauma, too. She loves to help people take charge of their mental and emotional well-being. As a recovery coach, she teaches techniques, helping rebuild confidence, reclaim one's voice, and define what's next for their personal and professional development. She's a member of the National Survivor Network for Human Trafficking, an ambassador for Peaceful Heart Network, an advocate for Freea support, that's www.freea-support. She has her own TED talk, What to Do After Me Too. And she also wrote the other F word, her handbook on forgiveness, which I just love. Um, Angela enjoys dancing, singing, hiking, adventures in the wild, and she loves life and wants other survivors to know that they can thrive too. So welcome, Angela. Thanks so much
3: for sharing your evening with us. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much, Eve. This is a pleasure to always, in my world, I love to talk about recovery. um, Because to me, that's what helped me so much for so many years is always have the hope. I listened to other people who were further along recovery than I was. And I watched what they did. And I, and I wanted to, you know, experience more hope and more joy in life. And that's, and that's how come I kept moving forward. So, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here and to be part of the Healing from Sexual Abuse group as a comment moderator. Um, I love being part of such a huge community. We have such a diverse texture of people in there, and uh, it's such a joy to watch them grow and to see them get supported by each other. That's just a beautiful thing to witness. I'm really grateful um to Rachel for starting that group and that yeah, I was I'm able so to to so
1: mention that
3: it's, yeah it's really be part extraordinary of that
1: what what goes on there every day um i think
2: it social it really and is technology
1: can be used to create such harm and and disaster in people's lives and then we get to see every day the power yep. to to really change people's lives and the way that they see themselves and the hope that it offers so i'm so glad that we've we've connected through that that community and that work and clearly find a lot of um, just that, that it's very worthwhile to, to see the impact that you can have simply on being supportive and offering yeah. community to people. So I wanted to ask just to start off, like what, what's something that's been a source of inspiration for you lately?
3: Um, you know, I have been watching um, TED Talks for many, many, many years. And Brene Brown recently did another one at, well, she did one at South by Southwest, which isn't a TED program, but it's a, you know, so Brene Brown is my, I first learned about her on TED. And so if nobody, if somebody listening hasn't even seen Brene Brown on TED.com, seek that out because I love, every time she talks, there's such a richness to what she has to say that it always inspires me. But there's so many, like TED dot com is so prolific for having all sorts of inspiring speakers. Um, I think that uh, when I think back, you know, if I go back in time, the whole part of my recovery, so I'm 50 years old now. And, you know, since I, my first stepped foot in a therapist office at the age of 22. And, and I think all through that time, it took, you know, a solid 20 years. I was just developing a strong sense of myself. And that's the biggest thing I think that we see people, you know, having all these breakthroughs in the community and it's because they realize they get choices in places where they didn't realize they had choices before, or they learn something new about themselves and they are brave enough to reach out and ask for help uh, in the space of strangers that they've, you know, that they're never probably going to know in person. We're all just connected via the web. Um, And that, That braveness is also that, you know, stretching our courage like that really does give us a strong sense of self. And so with that, um, one of the biggest things that I get asked when I'm comment moderating is about different healing modalities, because I'm very open about many of the things that I did during my recovery, um, which are a little bit outside the box. But that's where my interests were already, and so it was a, it was easy to apply it to the work of recovering from my repressed memories of childhood sexual abuse and uh trafficking child sex trafficking Wow, so with wow. that you, you yeah
1: so twenty two and now you're now you're fifty, so you have a lot a lot of wisdom and life experience to share. I don't know how we're gonna get to it, but I wanted to first echo (laughs) Brene Brown, celebrity social worker, definitely one of my sheroes, so I'll have to check out her new TED Talk, and um, you also mentioned the the courage it takes to to do this work of healing, and I think that so many of us come from families or communities where the abuse and trauma is minimized, and we so rarely get the kind of credit of of how hard the work can be, and how much time it can take, and... Energetic investment and um, yeah, a lot of times people there. There's so many different modalities and types of treatment, and it can take a long time to even find a clinician or a provider who you can afford or you click with. So it's really, I think you said in your TED talk, you wish it were just six sessions and then you could be done. But it's, it's a road, yeah. and I'd love to hear like what have been some of the most helpful tools for you um, in your healing.
3: All right. Well, I. Um, I'm a big advocate of breath work, and uh you know, just learning to take a deep, long breath was my first experience. You know, I was a very shallow breather for many years, and so I learned that, but then I also did the kind of breath work that takes you into an altered state or you know kind of an out of body state, and that's not necessary. I found it to be blissful and really really happy a uh, really happy place, but um but just learning to really do that really deep breathing where you really empty your lungs out each time and your exhale can be a little bit longer than your inhale and that really helps with the parasympathetic nervous system. So our breath is critical. That's one of the first things that I love to um, share with people.
1: Um, is there a name, a name then, for this work that, that we can look up afterwards? I've heard it
3: different types of belly
1: breath techniques or pranayama breathing is there like a type of breathing that you subscribe to
3: um you know i i've done all so many different kinds and i don't i just i just label it all breath work um okay i think that uh rachel has some breath work links to different types of breath work on her resource page um Great. but yeah uh and, you know, I've, I've experimented with a lot of different, you know, like the equal number of uh, counts on the inhale versus the exhale. And that's helpful to um, the, one of the things that somebody taught me a long time ago was to, you know, when we're on the exhale, just to lean over, we think we've expelled all, all of our air, but if we just curl over, curl forward a little bit, Then we'll really empty out even more of that belly breath, and that, and then when we rise up and we come back up on that inhale, then we can feel our lungs just, you know, filling up again. And so sometimes when we move our body when we breathe, that's helpful too. But I, yeah, I I apologize. I I don't have a
1: just. Oh, that's okay. No, even just being able to Google breath work and trauma, like so many things come up. And certainly, I will link to Rachel's resources. In the show notes, just as we're talking about this, of course, it brings awareness to my breath. And I am guilty, for sure, of being a shallow breather. And it's so interesting to to think about kind of like from an evolutionary standpoint, just like think about when you're like scared or really cold and how, how your breath changes and how when you're relaxed and you're in a peaceful state at the beach or wherever your calm place is. How you can notice that your breath is, is different. So how to bring an intention and an awareness around that, so that can be like a tool when when you're feeling stress and when you're feeling you know, when you're in fear mode.
3: Yep, absolutely. Just paying attention to that can interrupt our fear response or our stress response. Um, and that back into our body too, when you know, because when we're in a st- stress response, we oftentimes just kind of separate it. We float away from our body, and so it brings us back into our body when we can feel our feet on the ground again, and we can feel our hands, and we're just in a more aware space. Um, so that that's really that can be life changing that in and of itself. But if I had my way, I would want everybody to also do. Um, in addition to a little bit of talk therapy, because I think, you know, that sometimes we just need that witness to hear our story. Um, It could be a peer support. It doesn't have to be a professional. If you have a really good peer-trained, active listening um, peer support, that is just as valuable. Um, So I also think about when I talk about these things, we have a lot of members that are in rural areas that are, their access to care is just Completely different than what we might have in you know a city of 50, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, and more, um, and so in those rural areas, sometimes we have to get really creative and we have to do it ourselves or find a friend that is willing to try some art therapy with us. Um, so the art therapy I did, um, and I just somebody just mentioned it last week in the group that they had gone and done this, and they found it really valuable. So we take the left, the non-dominant hand, for me, that's my left hand, and we write a letter um, or just write down our emotions that we're feeling, and then we do some art therapy, and then with our right hand, we do another letter after the art, and, and it's just talking about the art and what it means to us and what we see in it, and I still do that. I learned it first at a therapist's office and I did it after the sessions frequently. But I still do that on my own if I just want to get in touch with some emotion or some aspect of something that I'm struggling with. Um, So I think art therapy is really huge. Using our hands, using our senses, anytime we can engage the senses is helpful. Um, Trauma yoga is one thing. And another way that it's, uh, I think, therapeutic yoga is another way that it's uh, labeled. But it's yoga that's specific to people who have some trauma history. So it's a little bit different than the regular yoga class you're going to go to. Um, And I found it to be incredible. I'd been doing yoga for a number of years. And I was kind of skeptical that it was really going to offer me much, much of anything different. But I actually found it to be very helpful. And so, I really love trauma yoga. Um, yes! Oh my the, God, you're uh,
1: mentioning so so many great things, and I, I love your emphasis on kind of creative ways that people can access healing. Like it's amazing. I even forget well, you know, I, I'm a millennial, millennial. What you can find on, on YouTube, there's so many like trauma-informed yoga videos and um, just stuff you can you can you can Google, and also kind of starting your own. Support group, or finding a safe person to to do art with, finding a way to connect to your senses and in nature, and and know that there are ways to to discover healing like on your own without a paid professional if that's not
3: available to you. That's right. Yeah, and I thank you for pointing out the YouTube videos. There are a few of them on on the web, yes, that are trauma informed, um, and. You know, the other class that I went to when I didn't, when the trauma yoga wasn't active for me was just a gentle yoga class. I was the youngest person in the class. I loved, I loved it. And I was with all of these um, older people that, you know, like we're all confident with our, and comfortable, not confident necessarily, but comfortable in our bodies. And who cares what we look like doing yoga, right? Right. <laughs> that was that was a beautiful experience. I loved my gentle yoga class, and um, and you know that particular group of people were just became very special to me. Um, I think that it's important that we engage our body in our healing um, because so much of that trauma is embedded. I found that it was very much embedded in my body, and the more that I moved my body and tried these different therapies with the intention of having it leave my body, the more that I was freed up from some chronic pain that I had, uh, joint pain and muscle pain, um, and that just helped me feel like I was really leaving it behind in the past rather than carrying it with me anymore. Um, So some other, I've been a fan of acupuncture for long before I started working on it in regard to trauma too because acupuncture was what helped me move back into my body because my trauma had been so severe for like uh, probably 20 years 25 years by the time I went into yoga or I mean I'm sorry acupuncture I didn't live in my body and that meant you know like the uh, acupuncture person or the yoga person I, I discovered both about the same time and people so practitioners of any kind a doctor even could ask me a question about my body and i would say i don't even know i don't know how often i have a bowel movement i don't know if i pee enough or if i drink enough mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if i sleep enough i just couldn't really answer their questions so when i say that we don't live in our body for me that was it i was very detached and i wasn't aware if i had cycles of being hung or you know if i was hungry i just I just was uh, on autopilot, I guess. Um, So in that space of acupuncture, it helped me come back into my body, but it also really helped me balance out my hormones. It helped me get rid of my migraine headaches that I'd had for 25 years. Um, I I titrated off of some different medications that I took under the um, guidance of the acupuncturist who would supplement with different herbs and he would give me a list of foods to be sure to include in my diet during that, um, phase. And I didn't have any trouble going off of my antidepressants. Uh, and I didn't have, I was also on birth control to help regulate my hormones and I didn't have any trouble going off of those things. Um, so it was a really, I used to be somebody who just had a medicine cabinet full of pills because that's how the only way I could manage my life. Um, So when I discovered all of these therapies, it really helped me um, take ownership of my body again and figure out different ways to manage some of my symptoms and actually get rid of them. So that's why I'm such a big advocate of this. Um, But you talked about laughter and laughter yoga is another thing that I've done. Um, And laughter yoga, you can find those videos on YouTube also. And uh, there's, you know, there's some exercises that you do when you're in with a guided instruct, instructor, but just, just the laughter part of it is so therapeutic and so healing. Um, so again, YouTube is a great resource for helping you find things that can make you laugh. Um, and then once you do that deep belly laugh, you know, so much tension leaves the body because it shifts our energy.
1: Yeah, that's that's really a good good reminder. I was just kind of talking to Rachel about the film. I think it's Leaving Neverland, which I'll talk about in a in a future episode because it's been on my mm-hmm. mind a lot. But just kind of the boundaries that she sets in her life, because a lot of survivors I've worked with are like how I've been in the past, where you can eat, breathe, and and read about trauma, because it's like you become on this mission, and it, it is hard work, and it can become really consuming and i think that having boundaries about what you're consuming what you're reading about what you're listening to podcasts about even as you're listening to this right now just to recognize how how much that impacts us and so i bring this up just to remind myself too that making time for comedy and being really intentional about bringing joy and actively looking for opportunities throughout the day and even in you know what i what i listen to what music i hear um, what pictures i look at you know what what instagram feeds i follow that it, that it all really matters and and there's nothing more healing than, than laughter truly and getting to experience more joy and what you're saying really resonates about not being connected to your body and i think it's it's all related that if if, yeah. if you're so in in your trauma brain or in anxiety or worry or whatever it is. Some people go into workaholic, you know, different ways of of coping that take us out of our, take us out of our body. And I, I think that when you're, when you're laughing and when you're feeling joy, you're really present. And so it's just interesting to think about those connections when you, when you think about the moments that you have the most peace or calm or joy, that you're not in worry mode or fear. So how do we, how do we cultivate more of that in our lives? And, Angela, there's just so much more I want to ask you about, about forgiveness Yeah, it's such a, a loaded topic. And um, I wanted to ask you about any myths about surviving trauma you wanted to dispel, but we'll have to, to cliff note okay. and, and, and continue. So I guess I want to just wrap up for now by asking, you know, simply what, what does transforming
3: trauma mean to you? It means finding the tools and the resources that work for us so that we can leave it behind and not carry it with us anymore. Um, it's about moving forward and and finding the things that bring us joy. Hmm.
1: That's so lovely. Well, I love I love in your TED Talk how you talk about all the different ways of of speaking out and writing and and challenging the status quo. And you've just given me a lot of ideas tonight and energize me and just want to thank you for, for sharing how you've been transforming trauma and how you're giving back. Um, It's been a a pleasure to talk to you and remember if you're listening and you want to connect with Angela, you can find her website, Angela Ray com and she has a contact form. um, Angela at Angela Ray com is her email. So thank you for tuning in and joining us. Don't forget to visit RachelGrantCoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and explore all the resources on the site. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast. There's so much more to share. Have a good night.